0: Welcome. Welcome, everybody, to our um, first in a series of, we'll see how long this goes. <laughs> on Mondays, we're going to go back to basics, back to the fundamentals. Um, we're going to be looking at um, as much as we can in an hour, <laughs> what what forgiveness is all about. We'll do a class on what healing is all about. We'll do a class on, um, probably on the preface, look at what it says in the, in the front of the course book, kind of take it paragraph by paragraph. That's always kind of a fun thing. Anything else that Jesus might come up with and <laughs> nudge me and or, Lynn or you to tell me <laughs> what uh, might be good for an intro class. Um, today, I thought we, we'd start with the word itself. Look at um, what is a miracle in A Course of Miracles. I mean, it's a course of miracles, so what, what is a miracle? <laughs> What's the miracle all about? And, um, and then, uh, with a lot of emphasis, too, fr- from the course of miracles point of view, on what a miracle is not, <laughs> from uh, the course's point of view, from Jesus's point of view. So, uh, hopefully we'll cover some of that basic stuff, look at a few readings that apply um, uh, to, to the idea of miracles, what a miracle is, how we have one, where we have one, um, kind of uh, things like that. So there's, uh, it's almost, I think, impossible, certainly impossible for me <laughs> trying to do this to talk about what a miracle is, what a miracle isn't from, of course, a miracle's point of view, Without doing the big, the other M word, mind. First, I have to talk a little bit about mind. Um, in fact, the word M I N D in the course is used about two thousand times, at least. <laughs> um, probably more if you throw in capital M mind. But, but the just M I N D in the course is used a lot. Miracles. Compared to that, the, the word miracle is only used about 600 times in the Course, only. I mean, that's still a lot for 1,300 pages. Um, but and when we're talking about mind, um, when we're talking about these three different experiences that are talked about in the Course, the experience of heaven, the experience of mind, and then finally, the, our experience in the world as bodies, um, The course really talks about this internal place that it calls lowercase mind a lot, and is always trying to get us to go back to this internal place where we choose one of two guides, one of two internal teachers. We choose the voice of um, selfishness, separation, which the course calls the ego, and usually, when we choose the ego as our internal teacher, we're often and running, and we don't even admit we did that. <laughs> it's not really in our awareness. Or we can go in and consciously quietly go inside and connect with what the, the voice of love, the voice of forgiveness, that the course calls the Holy Spirit. So talks about the mind a lot in the course. Talks a little bit about the world, what we do in the world, not a whole lot. (laughs) Um, And then probably talks out of these three experiences of the heaven and mind and the world, it talks about heaven probably the least. Heaven's just an experience of oneness. And when we get there, when we return to that experience, there aren't any words. We just experience it. So whatever heaven is, we put that at the top. <laughs> that's that's kind of like the, the the end run, the, the ultimate goal. Um, but the course is gonna, if, if we work the process of miracles in the course, the way it's laid out, it'll take us back to this in, internal place inside of us where we become aware that in any given moment, um, internally choosing one of two teachers I'm choosing either the ego, once again, the, this internal voice of selfishness and self-separation and blame, or I'm choosing this voice of love, the voice of the Holy Spirit. So uh, just I mean, if if this is all new to you, just sit with it. <laughs> uh, the chart get the chart gets a little bit more um expanded as we go along trying to explain. How we went from this experience of oneness through the mind and then eventually wind up in the world and then, more importantly, how we get back. And we'll, we'll be touching on that, those kind of ideas throughout this series of uh, fundamental classes. Um, but... So the thing with the, the miracle is, from Jesus' point of view, from the Course in Miracles' point of view, The miracle is not Moses parting the Red Sea. And we're gonna talk about what the miracle is not right now. (laughs) It's not what we do in the world. It's not what can or can't happen to a body. We're not talking about physical phenomena when we talk about a miracle in a course of miracles. Certainly traditional Christianity talks about miracles. The Bible talks about miracles. And, and, and those kind of miracles are talking about things that happen in the world. Miraculously, you know, God steps into the world and he does wild stuff. You know, Jesus changes the water into wine. Um, pick your favorite <laughs> biblical miracle. In the Course, he's not talking about that kind of, of, of miracle. What he's talking about, one way of simply defining the word miracle from the Course's point of view It's a shift in perception, a shift in perception. Meaning, instead of looking at myself and the world through the eyes of this teacher, this internal teacher, the course calls the ego, I shift from that teacher consciously. I I invite that teacher of love, Of course calls that the Holy Spirit, inside of me, to help me see something else, to help me experience something else in spite of what's going on in the world. Now, you know what, and that's the miracle. (laughs) The miracle is when we shift from this teacher to this teacher. It's that, it's only that. (laughs) It doesn't sound real dramatic, Parting the Red Sea sounds a lot cooler, (laughs) certainly in the world. You know, changing water into wine is pretty cool. (laughs) But it's not the kind of miracle that Jesus wants us to have. It's not that kind of experience. Those are nice experiences, and if you have them, that's great. (laughs) I mean, that's okay. However, he really wants us to be able to switch our perception of the way we see ourselves, the way we see our brother's, brothers meaning everybody on the planet, and then, and then ultimately how we see the whole world. Am I seeing the world through the eyes of the ego, the eyes of unforgiveness, the eyes of blaming and judgment, or am I seeing the world and myself through the eyes of the Holy Spirit? So this is the miracle. And once you have one of these miracles, it's a pretty cool thing. You're not crazy anymore for a little while. You're not all uptight. You actually have an incredible experience of peace. It's way better than parting the Red Sea. It's way better than turning water into wine. This shift from this to this is what we're always shooting for in the course. I'm sure there's other kinds of spiritual paths that teach you how to manifest in the world. But the the Course in Miracles is not about that. The world might be affected by this shift from this teacher, internal teacher, to, to this one. It might not. It won't matter. We'll still be at peace no matter what's going on in the world. One of the really powerful lines um, that you'll hear a lot, because <laughs> we always have to remind ourselves of this, is uh, at the beginning. Of, I think of chapter twenty-five, where he tells us, "This is not, of course, about changing the world. This is not about changing, uh, making the world a better place to live in, and that's okay. I mean, you know, we try to do that all the time as bodies." But this is a course about changing the way we see the world. It's, a course, it's not a course about behavior. It's not a course about uh, physical phenomena. It's not a course about healing the, a body. But it, it's a course about letting go of this, recognizing how often we do choose this internal teacher of pain, of joylessness, of blaming and judgment and having a whole different experience when we internally invite into our awareness this experience of peace. So um, that's huge (laughs) to even begin to hear that intellectually. This is not about miracles in the world. This is simply a miracle in the Course is moving from here to here in our awareness. Um, so it's not it, what the Course isn't, it's not about the world, it's not about behavior, it's not about what happens to your body or my body, but it's about a shift in, in, inside of us to a real place, inner awareness that peace is already a done deal and we can connect with that peace and we can connect with that feeling and experience it. Um, Also, in in terms of these three different experiences, he's not talking about what's going on in Tim's brain when he uses the word mind. The brain is not the mind in the course. It takes a while to get a handle on that, too. (laughs) Because we're always thinking when he's talking about our thoughts and what we think and, and this and that. But he's not talking about what's going on in here, he's talking about this this place this this place deep inside of us where we can step back in and realize that we are choosing a not very nice guide a not very nice teacher and we can let that go and be willing to access the voice of love the voice of forgiveness that's inside of us so any any thoughts or questions or anything about any of that so far Everybody's okay with that. <laughs> Nobody wants to fight with me, because I always direct you to Jesus, fight with him about it. <laughs> Lisa, go ahead. I can't hear you, Lisa, you're on mute.
1: No, so when, when you're in like a, a possible shit fit, <laughs> like, or you see that you could easily go in that direction, and you're in front of someone. So what, you go within, and and it's like, how do you switch out of that? Like when you're in midstream, right. and about. Right. I, I some I get to that visceral place where I I know there's a defense that I need to undo. It's my work. So. I don't know, is there is there like when you're in midstream of something with someone, is there something we can do?
0: Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is what the course is all about. One of the words in the course that's totally synonymous with, uh, with the word miracle is forgiveness. It's about, and forgiveness in the course it's not about traditional, you know, spiritual tr- um, forgiveness. The way we experience in the world, once again, forgiveness is in the Course Is letting go of this teacher and moving to this one. So, one a a short, quick answer to Lisa's question is: If I if I'm get, feeling it coming on, <laughs> and I know I'm reacting. Um, Hopefully, before I went into that situation, I was prayed up a little bit. (laughs) It's good to sit back (laughs) in the morning when we get up and sit with Jesus and just allow him to love us. So that when we go out into all of this craziness in the world, um, we, we go kind of prayed up already. We go with a sense of peace already. And then when that peace is challenged, and we feel like we need to switch back to <laughs> the ego for protection without ever admitting that um, to be to defend ourselves to to make our to to have an experience that we're right whatever whatever words you want to use that in that moment we'll learn to step back and ask Jesus to help us see the other person the way he he sees that person It's always that. And when, when we do do that, when we do access that voice, and, and, you know, most of the time, if it's really challenging, you know, we screw up and then we, we go home and then we get to sit there and review how we blew it. But then, then that's the opportunity, once again, in our mind's eye to, to be willing to see that person the way Jesus does. So, if you can do that while you're you 're in a, a really kind of intense situation that 's great and the course is ter- certainly trying to train us to be able to do that. but the before and the after is what <laughs> where most of us start we, 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 before we leave in the morning <laughs> or, or go out into our day, we try to you know g- get tight with this teacher and then when when we get challenged by craziness throughout the day and we blow it. <laughs> We go back, and then we, we step back um, from this again in our mind's eye, and we're willing to see that person without judgment, with the Holy Spirit's help. So the miracle, one of the ways, the perception is, the, the miracle is always about perception. And it means I don't perceive you as the bad guy. I'm willing to, to see you a different way. That's why it's about perception. The first step in this process of getting to a miracle is I'm willing to see you the way Jesus does. The second step in this process of having a miracle happen is I'm willing to see me the way Jesus does. They look like two separate steps. They're actually flip sides of the same coin. And it's, it's definitely a process that we need to practice and be willing to practice. I wanted to um, look at page one in, in, the, um, in the text, if you, have, if you have a book. This is page one. It's, it's not actually marked as page one, but it's the introduction to the course. And it, it, it kind of covers this process of, of forgiveness. It, it talks about what a miracle is from Jesus' point of view. And this is on page one, Um, it's it's introduction, it starts uh, paragraph one, line one, this is a course in miracles. So I just want to kind of walk through it a little bit line by line, Um, and then then we can actually do it as an opening meditation to kind of invite that presence of the Holy Spirit in to help us look at this stuff. Once again, this is a course about perception, changing our perception in, from the, in this internal place inside each of us, from this ego teacher crazed, insane, reactive, defensive, to a place of peace, no matter what's happening outside. So this is a course in miracles. This is a course about shifting that perception. If you're familiar with the three steps of forgiveness, one way of describing the miracle is it, it's what happens in the third step of forgiveness. The first step of forgiveness is I stop blaming you for my lack of peace. The second step of forgiveness is I stop blaming me for my lack of peace. <laughs> and the third step is peace. <laughs> that is the miracle. And, and it, it's a good deal. <laughs> I mean, it's worth doing this just to even try it out because it's an amazing experience not to judge either the other guy out there or me either, to move into that place of non-judgment. So this is a course in learning how to have that third step of forgiveness. This is a course about learning how to have that kind of miracle, this shift in perception, this letting go of judgment. It's a required course yeah, if you decide to be a course student, Jesus is saying, yeah, you've got to try this. <laughs> if you're not going to be a course student, there's lots of other spiritual paths. Go do something else. But if you decide, you know, you try this stuff out and you want to continue it, it's a required course. This is, this is what he's laid out as the curriculum. And, and he's talking about the curriculum here, this, this process of forgiveness in the first four sentences. He says, it's a required course, meaning if you sign up, <laughs> with him, not with me, but you sign up with Jesus, (laughs) whatever that looks like or feels like, then this is what you're gonna try. This is what you're gonna check out. Only the time you take it is voluntary. You might do it some days, you might not. (laughs) On a good ego day, you probably just blow the whole day. (laughs) But the time you take it is voluntary. However, free will does not mean that you can establish the curriculum the three steps of forgiveness are the three steps of forgiveness from his point of view the miracle is the miracle from his point of view this is the curriculum i mean if you want to do miracles in the world that's cool just but this isn't this course is not about doing miracles in the world it means only that you can elect what you want to take at a given time in this process And then line six is probably the real zinger. This course does not aim at teaching the meaning of love. This is not a course in love. And and just to sit with that, because we all go running to these spiritual things, trying to find love. But Jesus is telling us this course does not aim at teaching the meaning of love, for that is beyond what can be taught. He's talking about holiness. He's talking about a real experience of peace. And then he says, however, however, it does aim, however, at removing the blocks to the awareness of love's presence. That peace is already a done deal. That your holiness and my holiness is already intact. And the only thing that's keeping me from experiencing that holiness, yours and mine, are the blocks that we put up to our vision, to our perception. And he goes on in great length in these 1,300 pages that those blocks are our judgments against all all, all the seeming people in the world and ultimately against ourselves. All the judgments we're holding against our own holiness. So the course does not aim at teaching the meaning of holiness. It does not aim at teaching the meaning of love. In some ways, it doesn't even aim at teaching the meaning of peace. It talks about it, tries to describe it, but it's an experience. When I stop judging you and I stop judging me, what's left is, oh, we are holy. <laughs> we are love in spite of what we're doing or not doing. It doesn't mean in time and space I still deal appropriately with whatever. <laughs> you know, you don't want to become a doormat in this stuff. But at the same time, you really want to get back to what the core issue is. And from Jesus' point of view, is letting go of this teacher and picking up the hand of this teacher. That's the miracle. That's where we 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 lay down our blocks to our awareness that holiness and love and peace is already a done deal. This course does not aim at teaching the meaning of love. If you've got that already, <laughs> you probably don't need this course. <laughs> you know, it's like you're probably you know, it's like some of us don't need this. <laughs> some of us do,
2: <laughs>
0: pretty bad. So. So it does aim, however, removing the blocks of the awareness of love's presence, which is your natural inheritance, which is what you truly are, which is what I truly am. The opposite of love is fear. And this is where he really messes with you. <laughs> so he tells us what the opposite of love is. And then he says, well, that's impossible. <laughs> so you kind of have to just let that one begin to sink in. You can't, you know, you're not going to jump right from... <laughs> opening this page one and understanding that from the get-go. The opposite of love is fear, but what is all-encompassing can have no opposite. When we have that miracle, we will know what he means (laughs) in that sentence. That is the miracle. When 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 we realize that our brother's holiness and our own holiness is still intact, that love is still the done deal, we realize that all this craziness we, we made up is just that. It's all make-believe. It's all made up. And once again, he's not telling us in time and space not to deal with all this stuff appropriately. We're bodies, you know, we, we need to sleep. We need to get up. <laughs> we need to eat. We need to do this. We need to do that. However, our peace, our internal peace is not based on whether these external things work or not. is what he's saying, and holiness is already done deal. Love is already a done deal, and we are that holiness. This course can therefore be summed up very simply in this way. Nothing real can be threatened. Well, how we go through a day feeling threatened all the time, <laughs> waiting for the other shoe to drop. Ask Dave Dempsey about his last two weeks. <laughs> they were kind of rough. <laughs> so I mean, it, Nothing. However, he's telling us that our identity as a body, as a personality, as a separate individual can't be threatened because it's made up. And our true holiness as the Son of God is already and still is a done deal. Nothing unreal exists. Now he's not saying you got to believe that, but he's going to take a, take you there. I'll take you there. The Staple Singers. <laughs> Thanks to Dave Van Dyke for pointing that out. <laughs> I'll take Dave will take you no <laughs> the stable singers will take you there. Jesus will take you to that place where you realize everything in this introduction is true if you're willing to practice this curriculum that he's laying out. Herein lies the peace of God. Herein lies the miracle. Herein lies the shift in our perception. Any anything about any of that? All right. Lynn, Corona, you want to read that and then we'll get quiet for a minute, let that kind of sink in. You're still on mute, Lynn. There
3: we go. Introduction This is a Course in Miracles, it is a required course. Only the time you take it is voluntary. Free will does not mean that you can establish the curriculum. It means only that you can elect what you want to take at a given time. The course does not aim at teaching the meaning of love, for that is beyond what can be taught. It does aim, however, at removing the blocks to the awareness of love's presence, which is your natural inheritance. The opposite of love is fear, but what is all-encompassing can have no opposite. This course can therefore be summed up very simply in this way, nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God.
0: And let's just get quiet for a little bit. And if you're willing, invite Jesus or the Holy Spirit into our awareness together. And and gently, gently come back. I wanted to, uh, point out that one of the things you begin to realize in the course is that Jesus is in, throughout the whole 1300 pages of the course he's redefining all the words that we thought we understood he's, he's redefining what a miracle is he's going to redefine what forgiveness is from his point of view he's going to redefine what atonement is from his point of view He's going to redefine what salvation is from his point of view. All these words that you might have grown up with, like me, I grew up Catholic, but I mean, whatever kind of spiritual background you might have or not, all these words have definite connotations in our culture that we grew up in. And Jesus is going to redefine all that stuff from his point of view and hopefully guide us back to where the real issue is. The only issue is really... (laughs) And that's what's going on in these thirteen hundred pages. He repeats himself a lot. And I will too. So <laughs> blame it on him. <laughs> any anything so far?
2: Is there is there any place in the course that defines what love
0: is? Um hmm. Uh, maybe i mean jesus gets nice sometimes (laughs) but he's usually telling us what love isn't (laughs) because we have all our own ideas about what love is and what love isn't um and and they tend to keep, keep us stuck in a framework uh and we don't even realize how stuck we are um lynn can you think of any places where jesus talks about what love is i
3: um i think he says so love is union love is oneness
0: one of the ways to look at at love, capital L love, is it's it's synonymous with heaven. Whatever the experience of oneness is, that's where capital L love is. It uses the word sometimes, you know, doing a loving thing, <laughs> being nice, being kind. But when it when it comes to true reality, our true uh, identity as capital L love, I mean, there's certain lessons where he focuses on what this experience looks like. Trying to define a, pl- a a place an experience with words where there's no words. An experience of oneness doesn't have words. <laughs> it doesn't have you know this loving this, whatever that union is. It, it's capital U union. It's an experience of union. <laughs> so what we're trying to do is take all these words and 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 help us understand that we, we put blocks up. To that awareness of our identity, that experience of love, that experience of what we truly are, and that's what we're trying to lay down.
2: It it sounds like uh, the way we use or I use love in a general way is is very far from what the Course means as love, and and we use I use love so often it it becomes almost meaningless. I think.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and certainly we all go through that. <laughs> Coming to terms with the way we do use it and how different that might be from the way Jesus is using it. Not that we, not that the way we're using it is particularly bad or good, but if it's keeping me stuck, it might not help me move beyond uh, to to what the real experience of it is.
3: Tim, as you were listing um, the redefinitions, the words that would be redefined, um, I was just thinking in the nothing real can be threatened, nothing unreal exists. He is also going to redefine what real and what uh, and what exists and what doesn't exist. So, you know, if you're wondering where you fit in all of that, am I real or am I run unreal or do I exist or do I not? The course is going to answer those.
0: So yeah, I don't want to scare everybody to death right off the bat, but yeah, <laughs> we'll kind of ease into it. Lord, <laughs> Lisa. you're up. Yeah, there you go.
1: So when when people seemingly do heinous acts and things it's like the forgiveness is is my it's my job i understand that within my mind connected to the one mind of let's say the causative level at the one mind it's my work to do no matter what
4: yeah
0: and you know and you can fight with Jesus all you want about that because he, he can take it. <laughs> you can give him all the yeah buts you want. <laughs> yeah, but it, but, it, it,
1: it, it's my thing to, to work out.
0: With him. Don't do it alone.
1: <laughs> no, but I, I, that's the question that I'm asking. It's my.
0: Uh, yeah, it, it's a shift in your perception, not in anybody else's. <laughs>
1: And that can take as long as it takes, the time that it takes. I mean, the so-called time that it takes. Will the the special relationships know when I've made the shift within my mind?
0: On some level, they will, but they might not want to admit it. (laughs) But don't worry about that. You'll be fine. You make the shift, you'll be okay with whether they act like it or not. So let's look at some of those shifts, the way the shift takes place. This is lesson um, 78 in the workbook. The workbook is in the middle book in A Course of Miracles. And I'm on page 139 in the workbook, 139, lesson 78. So um, this title, Let Miracles Replace All Grievances, He could have rephrased this and said, let the Holy Spirit replace the ego as your teacher. Because it's the ego's job to find grievances and prove it's right. That it knows why it's upset and it knows who made me upset. However, the miracle begins to take us back to what I think Lisa was talking about that this is my issue, my lack of of feeling peaceful right now has nothing to do with what you did or didn't do. That's one of the most um, humiliating and humbling things that we first take on when we pick up A Course in Miracles. It's lesson five. He doesn't say in lesson five, he does not say, oh, sometimes we're not upset for the reason we think sometimes i'm not really upset because of what you did. He says we're never upset for the reason we think. <laughs> he doesn't even like give us a break there and that's lesson five he's barely five lessons into it and, and he just throws that in out of nowhere that you're never ever ever upset for the reason you think if you're blaming anybody, it's got nothing to do with them in spite of what they did or didn't do, and people do. I like that word, very heinous things <laughs> in time and space. There's some nasty stuff going on. But if, if their true identity is holiness and our true identity is holiness, and nothing real, meaning that holiness, can be threatened, then what am I getting excited about? Well, I'm getting excited because there's a reason for that. And, that, and that's what Jesus is going to help us begin to look at, of how much we're hanging on and we defend this individual separated self. And the way I do that is with all my grievances. What I like, what I don't like. Who I hate, who I don't hate. It's the way I define myself. It's the way I define my individuality. If you're familiar with the word non-duality, this is really a course that brings us back to the non-dual nature of our true being, of our holiness. We're not separate individuals running around as much as we'd like to believe we are, and as much as we insist that we are, and we're upset for the reason we think. Let miracles replace all grievances. Let the Holy Spirit show you that in spite of what your brother did or didn't do, you can still be at peace. You'll deal with it accordingly, but you won't hate him for it, and you won't hate yourself for hating him. (laughs) Paragraph 1, page 139, lesson 78. Perhaps it's not yet quite clear to you. (laughs) Well, if it was clear, it wouldn't be a problem. (laughs) Perhaps, however, it's not quite clear to you that each decision that you make is one between a grievance and a miracle. And you're like, no, no, it's not. I just went to Starbucks today and chose coffee. What's that got to do with anything? (laughs) So, But no, he's saying that every decision you make at this level is the choice between a grievance or a miracle, between the ego or the Holy Spirit. In time and space, you know, we do what we do. Each decision that you make is one between a grievance and a miracle. Each grievance stands like a dark shield of hate before the miracle it would conceal. Well, the miracle that it conceals is your holiness and my holiness is still a done deal. <laughs> But that's what a grievance keeps me from seeing. I'm saying you're not holy. Look what you did. And I'm certainly saying I'm not holy because if I was holy, whatever you did wouldn't affect me at all. <laughs> so you're not holy and I'm not holy. <laughs> so it's this dark shield of hate we put up to block that awareness of who, we, who our brother is and who we are. Each grievance stands like a dark shield of hate before the miracle it would conceal. The miracle is waking up to our holiness. It's the shift in perception. It's got nothing to do with whether the other guy stops doing heinous things or not. And as you raise it up, the miracle before your eyes, you, oh, and as you raise the dark shield of hate up before your eyes, you will not see the miracle beyond, you won't see your brother's holiness, and you won't see your holiness, yet all the while it waits for you in light. It's there, it's always there, we're just blocking it with our judgments, and insisting we're upset for the reason we think, we're insisting we're always upset for the reason we think, (laughs) what if that's not true? Today we will go beyond the grievances to look upon the miracle of each other's holiness instead. We will reverse the way we see by not allowing sight to stop before it sees." That's a nice Shakespearean way of saying, (laughs) we stop looking for trouble and we're willing to see holiness instead. We will not wait before the shield of hate, but we'll lay it down for a moment. We can always pick it back up. (laughs) Jesus isn't saying you got to lay it down forever. (laughs) Just try it. You might like it. Lay it down and gently lift our eyes in silence to behold the holiness of the Son of God in our brothers. That's why we can't do this alone. I mean, obviously, when we get upset about something, we think we're right. We think the other guy did something terrible and we know why we're upset. What if none of that's true? It's probably true he did something terrible, <laughs> but what's that got to do with us if we're still holy and we're pretending we're not? Paragraph three He, God, And our brother waits for you behind your grievances. And as you lay them down, he will appear in shining light where each one stood before. That's the miracle. Seeing that shiny, (laughs) seeing that light, seeing the holiness. For every grievance is a block to sight. every judgment we make, every resentment we're hanging on to. Every time we say I'm upset for the reason I think. And we don't have to do it all at once. We can just take them one at a time. (laughs) What's my favorite grievance du jour? (laughs) I'm sure there's a few. (laughs) If I'm I'm not feeling peaceful, I usually have two or three big ones and, and about 50 backups that I don't even want to admit are waiting in line to take the place of the three that I'm aware of. But behind all those grievances is the light, is your holiness and my holiness waiting to be experienced. This is a good deal. (laughs) Try it. Jesus is always like, try this. You might like it because this is a good deal. It doesn't mean craziness will stop in the world, but I mean, you can go through a day at peace. And not be judging the hell out of your brother and ultimately judging the hell out of yourself should be hell into your brother, you're judging the hell into your brother, (laughs) he's trying to judge the hell out of your brother, (laughs) so you know, just stop putting your brother in hell with our judgments, one of the huge metaphysical things that you'll, you'll hear, of course, students say all the time, is don't worry about it, it's all made up, it's not real, the world isn't real, well, that's not real helpful. <laughs> if you think the world's real and you think you're upset for the reason you think, you've got to start with where you're at. You've got to start with who you're upset at. Am I willing to see that person the way Jesus is? Am I willing to have a shift in my perception no matter what they're doing or not doing? We start with that. We don't go, I mean, eventually you'll realize the world isn't real. <laughs> Nothing real can be threatened world's made up, individual selves are made up, but he's not asking us to start there. The first step of forgiveness is, you think you're upset for the reason you think, bring that to me and I'll show you something else. Any Anything about any of that? Go ahead, Lynn Altman.
4: I just um, did a little thing of, uh, sort of drawing of showing the self and then the shield of hate and the grievances and then another little line in the mirror the miracle which is light and realizing i'm just pictorially it's like literally those grievances that i'm holding are keeping me in the shadow the light is it's all around it's everywhere and and you know i certainly know this intellectually i've even had the experience of what it's like to let go of a grievance and but there, there's just something about, my God, I'm, I mean, they're just, I'm armored with them. It's like every one of them is, my hand is through that shield and that shield and that shield. And, I, and I'm convinced that if I let them go, um, you know, I'll just be completely vulnerable. But if I let them go, it's, my God, I'm bathed in that light that is total forgiveness and and then I I see everything and I feel everything I experience everything differently, and it's a question I think of accumulating enough of those experiences of what it's like, you know. Thinking about it is terrifying; feels terrifying. Trying it and and having a small experience of I didn't die. Uh, as a matter of fact, I it was really nice. So anyway, <laughs> I just really like that picture of of. Of the barrier that I hold in front of myself. So, thank you. Okay.
0: That's good. Thanks, Lynn. Okay, we're done. We're no more. <laughs> nah. Jesus goes on. We'll go on to <laughs> Lisa. Did you have something?
1: I saw a license plate right beside my car in the in the parking lot where I live, and it said, "I may be wrong, but I doubt it." <laughs>
0: <laughs> I <don't>... It's good. <laughs> Bruce has a few like that, too, I'm sure.
2: <laughs> My experience with grievances is that I, it's hard for me to, to let them go, but it's a lot easier for me to laugh at them. And they seem to go away if I laugh at them and just acknowledge to myself how silly and ridiculous that thought is. And laugh at it. I uh, I have to let it go. I get very serious mm -hmm. and it just doesn't work.
0: And and the two parts of serious I think that we have to let go of is I get real serious about what my brother did. And then just under that, I'm real serious about what I believe I did. So once we let go of that, all that serious, (laughs) then what's left is. That is the miracle, being able to smile at this stuff, because the light's pouring in like Lynn Altman was talking about. (laughs) Yeah. Welcome back, Valerie. Good to see you again. (laughs) Dave's back, Valerie's back, look out. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Let's look at uh, Lesson 79. Sometimes when I'm doing an intro thing, I just do lesson seventy-nine and eighty. If you get if you get lesson seventy-nine and eighty, you don't have to do anything else. (laughs) Seventy-nine is just totally emphatic that there's only one problem, and lesson eighty is there's only one solution (laughs) to that one problem. So the one problem always is, from Jesus' point of view, in any situation where whatever the problem seemed to be in the world is that I've chosen ego as my teacher, and I'm using these things in the world as an excuse to confirm I'm right. I'm upset for the reason I think, and I know who's to blame. That's the problem. The problem isn't COVID-19. The problem isn't I just lost my job. I mean, you know, in time and space, those are not easy things to deal with. However, if I'm holding Jesus' hand and I'm aware of your holiness and my holiness, all that judgment goes out the window about who's to blame for all that stuff. The one problem is always I'm, I'm holding the ego's hand as my teacher, and on top of that, I'm not admitting it. And I'm looking for trouble. I'm looking for somebody to blame for choosing, for my own choosing internally, a crazy teacher. <laughs> Now I'm gonna say, ah, oh, no, I'm not the crazy one. You're the crazy one. Look what you just did. Of course, it's big on projection—that the ego projects our own choosing of of this insanity onto somebody out here. So I don't fess up till I'm doing something this silly, this unnecessary. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing is really unnecessary. The world, you know, is crazy. The world will do crazy stuff, but it's unnecessary to have to react to it. We don't have to do that if we're willing to begin to lay down our judgments, our grievances, and see the light that's just beyond it. A problem, uh, this is page 141 in the workbook, lesson 79. A problem cannot be solved if you do not know what it is if you don't know you're hanging on to the hand of the ego, even if it is really solved already, you will still have the problem because you will not recognize that it has been solved. One of the... uh, One of the mind-blowing metaphysical things that Jesus says over and over is, not only is there is no world, but there ain't no ego. (laughs) The ego and the world that that came out of this belief in the ego is all made up. However, once again, he's not asking us to believe it. But he is asking us to, just for a little while, once again, drop the hand of this finger-pointing maniac <laughs> and be willing to see our brother the way Jesus sees him. Be willing to see ourselves the way Jesus sees us. That's always the only problem. And, and the way he puts that is, I think I'm separate from you. I think I'm separate from Jesus. I think I'm separate from God. I think I'm separate from my brother who's causing me trouble. And I can prove it because look what they did to me. That's what he says in line four. The problem of separation, this belief that we're actually separate. We're not the Son of God joined anymore. We're running around all these crazy separate entities. The problem of separation, which is really the only problem, has already been solved. You're not separate. You can't be separate. Holiness is a done deal. The introduction to the Course is, I laid down the blocks to my awareness that holiness is already a done deal. Separation is impossible. The problem of separation, and really it's just not, it's not even like separation is real, it's the belief in separation. The problem is, I got myself to believe in separation. The problem of believing in separation, which is really the only problem, has already been solved because you can't be separate. (laughs) You're just pretending you are, and then you're blaming it on somebody else to keep the whole thing going. Yet the solution is not recognized because the problem holding the ego's hand is not recognized. Everyone in this world seems to have his own special problems. We can agree on that. However, Jesus is saying, line two, they're all the same. The only reason that any of us in any given moment are freaking out about anything is we're throwing our holiness out the window and we're pretending we're not holy. Yet they are all the same and must be recognized as one if, if the one solution, recognizing the miracle, seeing the holiness, having a change in perception, if the one solution that solves them all is to be accepted. Who can see that a problem, the belief in separation, has been solved already if he thinks the problem is something else, a problem in the world? Look what they did. Even if he is given the answer, he cannot see its relevance. This is the position in which you find yourself now if you're not feeling peaceful. You have the answer, but you're still uncertain about what the real problem is. A long series <laughs> from birth to death, <laughs> the whole ball game, the whole enchilada, a long series of different problems seems to confront you. All those shields of hate that Lynn Altman was talking about. And as one is settled, the next one and the next one arise. There seems to be no end to them. There is no time in which you feel completely free of problems and at peace if we're holding the ego's hand and pretending we're not. The temptation to regard problems as many is the temptation to keep the problem of separation, the belief in separation, unsolved. Paragraph 6. All this complexity, all these seemingly different issues in the world, they're a desperate attempt not to recognize the real problem, and therefore not to let it be resolved. If, if, if and when we recognize that our only problem is our belief in separation, the belief that we threw holiness out the window, no matter what form it takes, you could accept the answer because you would see its relevance. Uh, Lesson 80, let me recognize my problems have been solved already. (laughs) If you're willing to recognize your problems, the real source, hanging on to separation, you will recognize that you have no problems. Your one central problem has been answered already, and you have no other. Therefore, you must be at peace pretending you're not. (laughs) We go to great lengths pretending we're not at peace. Peace is a done deal. Love is a done deal. This course is about removing the blocks to our awareness that this is a done deal. Salvation, thus, depends on recognizing this one problem and understanding that it has been solved already. One problem, one solution. You get that, you're done. You you ascend to heaven. At 10 o'clock, there's this mass bus ride to heaven, if if you want to be on it. Anybody, anything? Go ahead, Lisa.
1: That should be written on the American Express card. Don't leave home without it.
0: (laughs) You get a a special rate with that in heaven.
1: (laughs) I think I could do pretty well with that one. (laughs)
0: That's good. Um, Lesson 89. The lesson eighty nine it's on page one fifty four. This is this is one of those things that I think is one of the most practical things in the course to work when you first to work it when you first pick up the book <laughs> to work it yesterday to work it today to work it twenty years from now whenever you're freaked out. These two exercises are naming names. They're they're taking your grievance to Jesus and your your. You're In your mind's eye, you're seeing that person, and you're saying to that person, holding the hand of Jesus, I don't want to hold this against you anymore. I don't know how to do it. (laughs) I think I need to tell Jesus why he should be upset with you. However, (laughs) I'm willing to have a different experience here. Because, first part of Lesson 89, I am entitled to a miracle. I am entitled to this shift in perception. Our holiness is already a done deal, and we can see it. I am entitled to miracles because I am under no laws but God's. His laws release me from all my own grievances and replace them with miracles. And I would accept the miracle in place of the grievance, which are simply illusions that hide the miracles beyond. And then in italics, behind this drama, Behind this person that seemed to do a heinous thing, behind whatever it is I'm sure I'm upset about, is a miracle to which I am entitled. Let me not hold a grievance against you, whoever. I always pick my favorite political guys here. (laughs) But offer you the miracle that belongs to you instead. I'm saying this to them in my mind's eye. You know, someday I'll be able to do that, you know, face to face. (laughs) Like when Lisa was saying, if somebody's in your face and they're they're trying to rile you up. (laughs) I'll be able to say this quietly internally inside. But offer you the miracle that belongs to you instead. Because seeing truly this miracle is also mine. This offers me a miracle too. This helps me wake up. To your holiness and my holiness. And then listen, 78, let let miracles replace all grievances. And then in italics, I would not hold this grievance apart from my salvation. Let our grievances be replaced by miracles. Name names. (laughs) Be specific. This is your chance. (laughs) Take this to Jesus. Sit with him and then in your mind's eye see this other person and tell him this. Beyond this is the miracle by which all my grievances are replaced.
5: Any anything about that? Um, Ross, go ahead. So it seems like. It seems like all of these processes go from the specific to the general. And it's almost like if you don't. So specific to general. So forgiveness as it comes up during the day, forgive it. So, okay. My brother just cut me off in traffic. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Nope. Undo that. Nobody did anything. My brother didn't do anything. So there's nothing to forgive. Boom. There you're done. You're forgiven. And then you can move that up into, let's say, the world. You know, let's forgive the whole world. The world never did anything to me. It COVID nineteen never did anything to me. The fires in California never did anything to me. Um, but so what just came up for me was, all right. So if you forgive one brother totally, actually you're done. If you forgive one situation completely, you're done. So it seems to me that the, the whole idea is you go keep trying to forgive that brother completely. You can work on the whole world as well. But really, if you do anything completely, like lesson one, nothing in the world means anything. If you really get that completely, you're done. I don't know. Anybody have thoughts on that? That's a good deal.
0: (laughs) I mean, if we can actually take that specific person and like you say, the only thing I would add to the process is I'm not the one that's forgiving them. If I could say I forgive you for what you did and then suddenly feel better, I'd probably be doing that all the time. (laughs) The problem with that process is if I leave Jesus out of it, if I don't have some awareness and I'm accessing the voice of love, inside of me to help me see you the way they do there's no way i can let that go tim doesn't do the miracle tim doesn't do the forgiving tim has to go back to his mind ask for help let go of the ego's hand and pick up jesus's hand jesus does the miracle that that voice of love inside of us the voice that i threw out (laughs) so i have to kind of in some way shape or form in this process, I have to access that part of me that is still in there, because that's the part I threw away. That's the part I have to be willing to ask for help. Of course, calls it the Holy Spirit the most, but call it Jesus, Holy Spirit, Buddha, a dove, a bird, whatever you want to call it. But ask that voice of love inside for help. Be able to see that person the way Jesus does. Be able to see that person in all of his, his or her holiness. So when you're doing that exercise, 89, don't leave Jesus out of that process. (laughs) Or don't leave the Holy Spirit. Don't forget to access that internal voice of love that's inside of all of us. Because that's what got us in trouble. (laughs) Trying to do it alone. Insisting, I I know what I can do and I can do it better. Go ahead, Alan.
2: When When I think of forgiveness, I can generalize easier if I think in terms of everyone doing the best they can at all times, and therefore uh there's no one to blame and they're innocent and that can be generalized rather than a specific act once I start thinking about a specific act then it's then it's all I'm better than you
0: for for me that that's um <clears throat> That's really part of the third step of forgiveness for me. I have to work through all my judgments before I can get to a place where I'm okay with you doing the best you can. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't care if you're doing the best you can or not. <laughs> I got a problem with what you're doing. <laughs> There's something really wrong with this. So I, I really need help to see beyond. I mean, I, that's why, you know, I, for for most of us, and certainly I think for the course in general, trying to justify what somebody is doing gets us in trouble got me in trouble anyway trying to trying to say oh i had a rough childhood well yeah everybody has a rough childhood that's why we came here (laughs) to have a rough childhood so everybody's got one even if you had seemingly nice parents everybody had a rough childhood you're in a body for god's sake (laughs) you think you're separate from other bodies how you can't get any rougher than that (laughs) you've just separated yourself from the whole sonship thinking you're a body I mean it's terrible. everybody's fighting their own hard battle, but i'm not going to know that until I get to that third step of forgiveness where i'm willing to ask for help to lay down my judgments that are keeping me from seeing that so that's the only part I would add to that I, yeah and and I think if you're already if i'm already saying that then i'm already having the miracle <laughs> for me anyway if i'm already saying well they just they're just doing the best they can right now, well. Obviously, I'm not freaking out about what they're doing. <laughs> Go ahead, Dave Dempsey.
6: Yeah, I mean, that's the struggle I had with the forgiveness piece in the beginning was, in order for me to forgive, I already had to judge you guilty. And that's when I had to realize it wasn't me that does the forgiveness. And, and that's, like you say, you have to have Jesus show me or the Holy Spirit. The crazy that got me here isn't going to get me out.
4: <laughs> I mean,
6: I've, I've at least come to realize that, that I need to see an, another way of seeing this, you know. And what got me here, um, I, I'm not going to rationalize myself out of it. I'll just reinforce it and, and make it worse, you know. And, and when I ask Jesus to show me another way and, and see them as he would see them, I'm done. That's kind of where it ends for me, and I have to trust him that he'll show me that way. And usually, when I do that, um, Stephen said it the best. It just dissipates; it goes away. I don't know what happens, um, except that I I'm at peace, and that's what it's all about, you know. So that, yeah, that I struggled with forgiveness because it was like, well, I've already judged you wrong if I think I can forgive you, you know, and. Uh, That just doesn't work for me, you know, so it's, it's got to come from somewhere else. It can't come from me. So thanks.
0: Thanks. Thanks, David. What did Einstein say? You can't look at something from inside the box, something like that. How's it go, Bruce?
5: I think it's something like you can't solve a problem from the same level that it was made up, but I could search and find the exact quote.
0: Yeah, but I like the way David said it better. (laughs) But I get the gist is the same (laughs) That's good. Thanks. Thanks, David. Thanks, Bruce. So let's uh, close it up. Um, This is uh, page 473 in the workbook. Jesus does a number of questions in the second part of the workbook, second half, where he he takes on major themes in, in the course, like what is sin? What is the Holy Spirit? What is forgiveness? What is the world? What is the real world? Well, here, this number 13 on page 473 is, what is a miracle? I don't know why. (laughs) I somewhat half joke about when Jesus, you know, writes Course in Miracles, part two. He needs to put this one in the beginning. (laughs) This is a Course in Miracles. Why do you wait till number 13? So anyway, I mean, if you want to take that up with him, too, because I'll be taking it up with him later. (laughs) But what is a miracle? Number 13. A miracle is a correction. It's just a correction. It's a shift in perception. I'm correcting, I'm dropping the hand of this ego teacher, and I'm picking up the hand of the Holy Spirit. It's a correction. Those teachers, I didn't make those teachers up. They were always there. (laughs) I just was pretending they weren't there. A miracle is a correction. It does not create nor really change at all. It merely looks on devastation all this stuff the stuff the ego keeps looking at in the world and blaming for my lack of peace, it looks on all that devastation and reminds the mind, my mind, that what it sees is false. Holiness is still a done deal. Your holiness and my holiness, in spite of all the craziness, is still a done deal. It undoes that error, that's the error. The error is always simply, I threw holiness out the window, And now I'm pretending it's somebody else's fault. It undoes error, but does not attempt to go beyond perception. It's a shift in perception. (laughs) It's not going back to heaven yet. (laughs) That's later on. We'll do that later. But first we have to shift perception. It doesn't attempt to go beyond perception, nor exceed the function of forgiveness. Letting go of believing you're not holy, I'm not holy. Thus, it stays within time's limits. Yet it paves the way for the return of timelessness and love's awakening, for fear must slip away under the gentle remedy it brings." That's what the miracle is. And Lynn, uh, Corona, you want to read paragraph three? We'll do that as a closing meditation. We'll get quiet for a little bit.
3: Forgiveness is the home of miracles. The eyes of Christ deliver them to all they look upon in mercy and in love. Perception stands corrected in his sight and what was meant to curse has come to bless. Each lily of forgiveness offers all the world the silent miracle of love. And each is laid before the word of God upon the universal altar to creator and creation in the light of perfect purity and endless joy.
0: We'll get quiet for a little bit. and and thank you all for being my miracles today. <laughs> Look at all those smiling miracles on the screen. All right. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> very cool. Thanks everybody. Thank,
3: thank you everybody. Thanks. Thank you.
2: Very
3: very, very clear and helpful.
0: Very yep, very, very helpful.
2: Mm-hmm. Good class. Thank you. Yeah.